I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about narcissistic and borderline personality disorder. Okay. So, one of the things that I think is happening a lot more in society is the awareness of personality disorders, especially narcissists. And before that, borderlines. Yeah. So, Today, Margaret is going to share some research on it because it can be really tricky to know if you're dealing with somebody who has a personality disorder mm -hmm. or maybe just traits of a personality disorder because oftentimes they leave you feeling like it was all your fault. Absolutely. That's one of the things they do. Yeah. So Margaret's got some great information for you guys today. You're going to really enjoy this. Okay. Um, when I began in this business, um, people with personality disorders were called character disordered. Now, doesn't that sound like an awful mm. thing? It makes it sound immoral somehow. I thought you were going to say they were called Romans. <laughs> no, I lived with the Romans. No, no, you have it wrong. But anyway, they were called character disorders, and therapists didn't want to deal with them. Um, they felt they couldn't change, they weren't open to therapy, and so forth and so on. Thank the Lord we have gotten way beyond that now. Mm -hmm. When we, as a field, have begun to understand that the origin of these personality disorders is early life. Yes. Okay? And as we have become more and more aware of that, um, we have done better and better at treating these folks. And we do much better at it now, although I still hear highly trained therapists saying, Oh, I can't deal with borderlines. And I always want to say, then find another profession, will you? We have to deal with borderlines. They're out there. Recently, a whole lot of research has been done on narcissistic personality also. There are 10 personality disorders. I don't think we really need to know about all 10. The two that you're going to hear about the most these days are what we're just saying, the borderline and the narcissistic personalities. I'll start with borderline. Now, do, hold on. Do yeah. you want to explain to them why people don't really need to know about all 10? Um, yes. Um, the ultimate characteristic of any personality disorder, and I have said for years that it's all about attachment. And apparently I was right. I wasn't sure I was right, but it's all about attachment. If you understand borderline personalities, the rest are just a variation on the theme. And as I have taught it to the people I have supervised over the years, that's how I approach it. We learn about borderline personality first, and then the others are just a list of other um, sort of predominant traits that they have. The ultimate underlying issue for anybody with a personality disorder is around attachment. They desperately want attachment, want to be in a relationship, 
But if they get into a relationship that's steady and predictable and they've never seen a relationship like that before. And believe me, they haven't. No, they haven't. They become overwhelmed and push the person away. Okay? Um, I really want to be in a relationship with you. This has been just great, but I have to go do something else now and my mother's mad at me, so I'm going to let you go with more or less drama. Okay? And then people are devastated because they do eventually get some sense that they've pushed away a good thing. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, I had a borderline person say to me one time, um, sometimes when people reach out to me, I don't know if they're punching me or trying to help me. That tells you how she grew up, doesn't it? That her parents both punched her and helped her. Why would she be confused? Okay? Um, and lots of times, people who end up with borderline personality disorder also have a trauma history and grew up in a very crazy family. Okay? So, the criteria to diagnose somebody with borderline personality disorder are that they desperately want relationships, they have terrible abandonment fears, which can feed right into anxious attachment style. They get with a nice person, nice guy. Most people who are diagnosed borderline are women, but there are borderline men, I learned in the prison system. Yeah. But we'll talk about it in regards to women for convenience sake right now. Um, most of these people have a, um, a trauma history, and when they get with a really nice guy, they don't know what to do. Okay. Feels they, awkward. Yes. They keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, they don't feel like they deserve it. They don't know how to handle it. Um, and so they will find a way to push this nice guy away. And they will become enraged at some slight. All right. The underlying cry of the borderline to anybody they break up with or anyone who tries to help them is that nobody has taken good enough care of me. In my head, I was thinking that. Yes, good. <laughs> I know Margaret well enough yeah. to know where we're going. Yeah. Um, you didn't take good enough care of me. You didn't take good yeah. enough care of me. And I'm thinking of a particular case I dealt with relatively recently. And it was a borderline woman who was dating a really nice man. Mm -hmm. And they went to the beach. Um, and the woman was worried about getting a sunburn. And he said, well, don't worry. I'll make sure that you're covered up enough. Um, and I don't want you to get a sunburn. She got a sunburn promptly broke up with him. He didn't take good enough care of her. Wow. That's a particularly clear example. It's not always that clear. Yeah. And many times, borderlines are often considered to be obnoxious people because they get really angry, again, at people who don't take care of them. Um, I've had a couple of clients who would become enraged with doctor's offices. Okay, if there was a difficulty with scheduling or something, they would get into this incredible rage because doctors are supposed to take care of you. And one more time, when they didn't get the appointment they wanted as soon as they wanted, somebody was failing to take good enough care of them. I've also known a couple of borderlines who become enraged with wait staff in a restaurant. How basic that is. They're supposed to feed me and they're not taking good enough care of me and their potatoes were lumpy, mm -hmm. okay? Borderlines also have a tendency to idealize a person as all good and wonderful and perfect, and then at the least little thing, when they don't take good enough care of the borderline,
They dismiss them totally as being evil people. It's black or white, you're good or bad, there's no gray, there's nothing in between. And most, most of us are a mix of good and bad, none of us is perfect. Um, and they can't, they can't handle that, you're either all good or all bad. Um, a borderline client will come to see a therapist and at the end of the first session, you're the best therapist I've ever had. Nobody ever helped me this much in all the 50 years I've been in therapy. Okay? Three weeks later, you're the worst therapist I have ever had. I'm going to go back to my other therapist. She used to lend me money and you haven't. I'm not going to either because I'm going to have good boundaries with you because you don't have those either. Okay? So think about all the things if you still remember that one I did on growing up in a crazy family. Oftentimes your boundaries are violated when you're little so that you have little way of saying no to people or protecting yourself physically or emotionally. And so not having good boundaries is another thing that comes up with borderlines. In a relationship that's really tricky because they can fall in love in about two minutes because they don't have the normal mechanism that says take your time to get to know somebody. Yeah. What they have is their chronic panic of I need to have somebody. And if you're willing to do it quick with me, I'll go with it. And we see many broken up partners um, who don't realize that too much too fast will end up scaring the borderline and end the relationship. So never start a relationship too fast if you can avoid it. In another present presentation I'm going to do shortly. I have some quotes from borderlines. There are websites now for borderline people where they can talk about how they feel and their relationships and I'm just so delighted about that. And I had dealt with a bunch of borderlines before I ever went to school. Um, the people around me knew how to diagnose them and so forth and I did okay with them. When I got to school I was shocked to find out that everyone hated them and thought they couldn't make progress. Mm. Um, I was quite appalled, actually, um, but the field has caught up with that, and I had some pretty smart people around me when I was beginning. Okay, the other thing that borderlines will do is that they will cut themselves, and that's really a trauma symptom. They will cut themselves, and what they'll tell you about that is when they get really frantic and really crazy and really upset, which they do really easily, if they cut themselves, it calms them down. Now there are a whole bunch of theories about that I'm not going to go in, into now. But they cut themselves not to kill themselves but to calm down. Okay? Borderlines also make fairly frequent suicide attempts, usually at the end of a relationship because their abandonment fears kick in. Okay? And they feel like they're dying anyway. They feel like they're dying anyway, right. Um, so they're, they're ready to, he to help the process along. Because they feel like that feeling's never going to end. That's exactly right. They feel like the feeling is never going to end. Yes, Help. and they get hopeless, and I don't blame them. Um, so, if you make a suicide attempt, you can count on being diagnosed borderline, because I don't think suicide attempts are included in any other diagnosis. And the most recent very public figure was Pete Davidson. Remember him? He's the guy on Saturday Night Live. Dated Ariana Grande. Yes, dated Ariana Grande. And when he broke up with her, um, he made a suicide attempt and was hospitalized. 
and he talks about it himself. He says he was diagnosed borderline. That's because he made a suicide attempt, and that's the best explanation we have for it. Although it does fit. At the end of a relationship, all of your abandonment fears would kick in. Mm -hmm. So I was willing to see him myself, but nobody has called me. Um, but anyway. He was just at UCF recently. <laughs> was he? Yeah, he got mad at the crowd. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me terribly. Um, but anyway, that's the best we can do on the story of Borderlands. There is no boring borderline. Their emotions are right there all of the time. And some of them are the most likable people on earth. Okay? Some of them can make you angry. I know some great borderlines. Yeah. 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 I do too. They're funny and yeah. they, you know, they're great people. I have people I worked with for years. But over time, um, they can learn what they didn't know, what they weren't taught early on. And they can also learn how to sustain a relationship. A borderline in the beginning phases of therapy is not easy for a therapist because you're wonderful one week and you're absolutely awful the next. And I have also almost never met a borderline who didn't have a sense of humor. And I, I have said to people, well, I'm confused. You liked me three weeks ago. The week in between you didn't come. And the next time you don't like me. I'm real confused. And they would respond to that, and then eventually they'd get the humor in it, and they'd laugh, mm -hmm. you know. So I have never found them all that difficult to treat, yeah. uh, because I refuse to be insulted, <laughs> okay? Uh, do whatever you have to do, but you're not going to insult me. I'm not having it, and you're not going to get rid of me. And I, I have also outright said to them, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. What's your next trick? <laughs> okay, smart aleck that I am. Um, but most borderlands respond to that pretty well. Um, humor has, if they wouldn't have survived if they didn't have some humor. The other crowd I want to talk about, the other diagnosis that's very popular these days, and you hear a great deal about it, yeah. is narcissistic personality disorder. And this one seems now to be pinned, of course not exclusively, but to a good extent on men. And I think that what has really happened here is that narcissistic men often end up as batterers. And I think it's through the domestic violent treatment and movement um, that male narcissism has begun to, begun to be looked at a little differently. We just, now, narcissism really means, and if you look at it in attachment terms, narcissism really means that you did not go through all of the stages when you were little. Very, very little. Very, very little, yes. Um, originally, we're all born narcissistic, thinking that we're the center of the universe, because what else do we know? Yeah. Okay? We don't know anything else. Uh, but eventually, we begin to fall in love with the people, particularly the one person who takes care of us the most. It's not always mother, but very often it is. And that would happen somewhere in your first year of life, believe it or not. Yeah. And because infants are so helpless, we're totally helpless on being taken care of. If we cry enough times and nobody comes, we kind of give up on counting on anybody, okay? Or trusting anybody. So the baby who is doomed to be a narcissist doesn't fall in love with their caretaker, which is the first time we begin to care about somebody else, yeah. okay?
So that part is missing for them. So they're totally self-focused because they have given up on other people at that alarmingly young age. So as they go to do business in the world, they're not concerned with other people's feelings. And the true narcissist only has one subject, and I bet you can guess what that is. Can you guess what that is? Themselves. Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> there used to be an add-on that I absolutely loved. I forget what it was even an ad for. But the guy would say, um, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. Um, and then he gets finished and he says to the girl, um, well now enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> now there's your perfect narcissist, yeah. right? What's come to be associated with narcissists is what we're calling gaslighting. And I'm amazed. Everybody seems to know the term gaslighting right now and that's helpful that's good yeah and gaslighting means it's based on an old movie that i watched when i was pretty young so it's been around a long time um, and it was about a guy who was trying to get his wife committed we don't have long-term hospitals anymore but we did back then he was trying to get his wife committed and to do that he was trying to persuade her that she was crazy so he would do things make things happen um, ring the phone, knock at the door, do all kind of crazy stuff. And then he would tell her that what she was reporting to him never happened in an effort to make her look and feel really crazy. Mm -hmm. But now some of and the... And there was something to do with the gaslight on the stove, right? Yeah. Um, yes, the, the name of the movie was Gaslighting. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. where it came from. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, before we had electricity, there were, there were lights on the wall that had gas ducts, believe it or not was probably a bit dangerous, I would think. But anyway, um, the term has come from that movie. And you see it particularly in domestic violence cases. Um, there can be a terrible fight where the guy really hurts the woman and the next day he says to her, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember any of that. That didn't happen. Where did you ever get that? Okay? So it's questioning your partner's reality. Now, certainly there are narcissistic women. I'm just saying that a lot of the research lately has been done on narcissistic men. There are narcissistic women, of course, and one of the things that seems to be a popular subject now around narcissistic women is what they call covert narcissistic women. Mm -hmm. That would be a mother who looks like a very involved mother, usually with her daughter, takes her daughter everywhere, takes great care of her daughter, etc., etc. But when the daughter grows up, guess what happens? Mom won't let her go and will sabotage her ability to move away from her and go out and have her own life um, comes up at that point. So at this point, we've revisited narcissism around men and I think particularly domestic violence. And women have gotten together and discussed what it's like to have a narcissistic mother. And it ends up in a separation struggle. Okay? And there are websites for all of this. Um, there were some pioneering books written about narcissistic mothers many years ago. So some people had figured it out before it got popular. But now it's popular. If you grew up in a crazy family, um, it is not easy to manage in the world at all, no. let alone in relationships. And if you really think about it, yeah. what would it take for an infant 
not to fall in love with its mother. Right. Think about how much neglect that would have to be. That's right. It's so extreme it's because painful. they naturally yeah. want you. They want to bond with you. They want to be picked up. They right. want to be held. They're hardwired to want it. Yeah. yeah. And they need it. And, and to turn on all the lights in their brain, they need it. They have to be stimulated and talked to and, and all of those things. So you're talking pretty extreme neglect. But you know, you think of a woman from the dysfunctional family who has six children and is being evicted and all the kind of crazy stuff that can happen. You can see how it happens. Do you think that the narcissist feels just so incredibly rejected and unloved, that that's why they have to create this grandiose sense absolutely about themselves right. that's to overcompensate. Absolutely right, to overcompensate. And so they can't even let in the thought of any negative feedback. That's right. Because they're so fragile. Them. It would shatter them. Yeah. yeah. So that's something to think about. That is something to think about. That doesn't mean we indulge narcissists. It means we gently tell them the truth. Yeah. You did well with this, but not with that. But it's a severe condition, so is borderline. It can get you in a lot of trouble, yep. particularly in relationships. And you know, here's where um, there are narcissists who are, of course, avoided to some extent because they really don't care all that much about other people, but they need relationships so that they can have constant adulation. They want to hear that they're wonderful. They want to hear that they're appreciated. They want to hear that they're loved, no matter how many awful things they do. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, that information can be a bit overwhelming, but right. you can always go back and watch a video a few times. But what they to used to say it. that these people can't change is absolutely not true. And when we began to look at it in terms of attachment and object relations theory, which is how infants grow and form relationships, we've gotten better at it. Okay? All right. So, there's hope always. Put a like on this video for Margaret and all of her incredible research and this comes from her personal experience. This is from my personal experience, yeah. Because I would often take these cases where nobody else would. <laughs> you would see that if you worked locally with Margaret, everybody drops the hard cases on Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day, yeah. I can't Are do anything Are you saying with... that I do that, Margaret? Yes. <laughs> I do. There are a lot of times when I see something really serious going on, I want to get you in with Margaret too. And I'll tell you that because I know that her level of experience is just phenomenal. And With some things. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. yet to see anything you're not phenomenal with, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Yes, if you feel that I can be helpful, feel free to contact me. I'd love to talk with you. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.